264, my love. 264, my love. Love's going to leave. Hey everybody, welcome to the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. Welcome back for those those you out there who are usual listeners. I'm one of your hosts, the host to the left, the rental king, as you may call me, or anyone. Uh, I'll call myself that, actually. It's not unfrequent. Ron Avis, the one who drinks, and I've had a few drinks tonight, actually. And with me, this episode is my usual co-host the one i'm like 95 percent sure is not a figment of my imagination he is of course the irreplaceable the not redheaded adam peterson whammy blammy wowie zowie <laughs> adam um I actually brought us into right said Fred because I didn't really have a good. It's all right. Sounding. That's a Fred themed song. And I like that. <laughs> yeah, we actually came in on right said Fred and not the usual theme. That's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, this is um, this is like a. I think this is our what. Is this our 60th episode? It's it right could up there, be. Man. It could be. We're getting up there. Yeah. This could be our 60th episode, and for the first time ever, we're not just like doing our usual theme. Although, you know what? I'm kind of... I don't know, man. I can't, I can't do that. I'm going to have to play our usual theme because I can't break tradition. So it's, hang in there while I play that. I'll hang. <laughs> Okay, I just had to go ahead and play the the theme because it's, you know, I can't break tradition, man. It it is a tradition. 59 episodes, uh, and then on the 60th one, I just all of a sudden decided not play our... No more. Freaking... No, I can't do it. I couldn't do it. For posterity's sake, I had to uh, go ahead and play it. So you're going to get like two kind of openings, and you're going to have some serious editing. We just put them together. Play. Just smash them up together, and there's one gigantic opening. I'm really going to put your editing skills to the test this time. I'm, I'm going to chop it up and be like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> when you listen to it, you're going to be like, what the hell happened? Is He's definitely... Too high to host a podcast right now. <laughs> well, you are the the one who drinks. I am the one who drinks. Oh, but God, no! This is um, this may or may not be the sixtieth episode. It's well, somewhere in there. It's like <laughs> it's more than twenty. We know it's that more than twenty, definitely not a hundred. Yeah, we're, we're not at a hundred. Otherwise, this would be a really great clip show, and I'd be wearing a tuxedo instead of a tuxedo t-shirt. 
Oh my god, we got to rent a monkey for that. Oh, I would be all for that. I know I say that all the time for everything. <laughs> I probably wouldn't return the monkey. I'd just keep No, it. we got to keep that monkey. Yeah. That monkey is uh ours podcast for monkey. adoption. <clears throat> uh possessions nine tenths of the law exactly. when it comes to monkeys. And yeah. I don't even know what the other tenth of the law is, <laughs> but it's not possession. It's not possession. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, everybody. Thanks, thanks for rejoining us. Welcome our back, all you us. Vietnamese fans. <laughs> all of our listeners in Laos, thank you. Welcome back. We're Welcome back, Jonathan Brandon. Oh, wait, he's not no, here Oh, don't do it. This don't. is the anti-suicide. 100% Especially, we're looking at you, Jonathan <clears throat> Brandis. We would, be, we would be right in the middle of a Sequest revival right now. <laughs> we would have a Sequest reboot. Might be working. Thirty on a years, man. Movie. I know, right? But there's no brand. Prime reboot territory that they just yeah. missed out on because a Roy Scheider died of natural causes, I guess. Probably, or you know, who knows if they were they were natural? I mean, he he was a star of the '70s and '80s. He probably died of cocaine. It could have been. It'd be really ironic <clears throat> if a shark ate him in an <laughs> airport. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like no, like a Kansas City airport. Nowhere near water. <laughs> right. Just jumped out of a Just pool. A shark. Raw. Like a La Quinta Inn. <laughs> Why was there a shark here and how did it kill Roy Scheider? This is just dripping with irony, but also. I got to be honest, horrible. I always saw it going down that way. If, I mean, he has to, it has to be death by shark if you're Roy Scheider. Yeah. But yeah, we're missing him too. So there could be no sequest. No. We're just not going to do it. Uh, can't have anything nice. Now, we're going to be talking about the 1991 cult, quote-unquote cult classic, Yeah, I guess, Drop Dead Fred. And since I had already mentioned, I'm probably in no condition to drive this podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take those keys away from you like a responsible friend would. Oh, friends don't so let much. friends drive podcasts I, I trust you. I trust you with the podcast. Um, That's your first mistake. I know. <laughs> I know you'll do a good job. I know you will. I'll and try. I'll, I'll just, I'll just sit back and mumble <clears throat> nonsense word, like just, just like Grandpa. For the rest of the night. Don't <laughs> listen to them, kids. <laughs> no, those are just off-color remarks. They're not racist. Wait a minute, off-color racist? What are you talking about, Grandpa? Man? Grandpa, Where, we're talking about Grandpa. What is happening? <laughs> You can't say that in 2021. I know. I'm going to get cancel cultured or culture canceled, whatever it is. I, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to get canceled from the podcast waves. The Vietnamese don't we'll care at all. We'll we love you, Vietnam. Ever to be canceled from podcasts. Yes. <laughs> you can't cancel a podcast, even in 2021. No. It's like if no. you try and cancel one, two more spring up in its place. No, exactly. They're, we're like weeds. <clears throat> Can't cancel a podcast. I'll be back again. It's like public access. Like yeah. you just you show up with the money, and they'll let you. You're like you just say do you whatever want. you want. You got to use all that yeah. face paint. Okay. Oh Jesus Christ! What's happening? Who knows, Mister Peterson? What is happening? Am I wearing face paint? No Chicago. one will ever know. Nope. <laughs> I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah, exactly. Thank God we're not doing these on just youtube anymore right frightened children but yeah this is our second episode of our kind of mini series in may 
of, you know, movies that may have held up from our childhood. Yes. I don't know. We're unsure. Uh, it's been a while since we're we watched unsure. them. We'll see. We'll see how this one we'll holds up. Find out. You you had texted me and you had said I have four movies. Yes. Um, is it okay if I reveal the three that you we didn't certainly because do? I don't even remember. Yeah. Okay. So one was um, let's see. What one was nothing but trouble, right? Yes, I do remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of was like, of the four movies, that was the one I was like, ah, one of those really disappointed me. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't necessarily want to... I mean, it didn't really fit the the theme of what we were going for. Movies that pretty much disappointed us as kids, does it hold up? <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you already no. started out disappointed with the film, I don't think age is going to make it better. No. What were the other two? I can't even remember now. Like, I, I feel like I would have been down for the other two as well. Um, oh, Ladybugs. 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 <laughs> Jonathan Brandis. We Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, we may just have to do that <clears throat> Jonathan Brandis month. We should find uh, out when his birthday days. is and do like a a, a podcast. <laughs> we should. Or maybe when he died. I don't know. One of the two. I know. Maybe we'll <clears throat> get Salil Moon Fry on yeah. the podcast. No, no. She'd be super <laughs> bummed out. Oh, yeah, he's yeah dead. probably. Oh, I'm so bummed. <laughs> yeah. When does my new show start? Yeah, have you seen her uh, the documentary? No, no. Okay, I still can't. It was just I, like I want to watch it, but <clears throat> at the same I'm time, telling like, you, man, it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> it's not what I was hoping for. <laughs> she was really good friends with a lot of Hollywood young uh, people who who killed died. themselves. Yeah, tragic no, deaths. Not just died, but took them took their own lives. Yeah. So, you That's know. That's why we're against yeah. it. We are. We're totally against it. And I'm sure Salil is too. You'd think. Um, but. but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, but yeah. And what was the fourth? I, I You remember? Um, I gotta go with Spice World. Was that it? Was it Spice World? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, but uh, let's just say yes. I feel like. Well, that I know that one holds up, so that couldn't have been it. Right, of course, uh, of course. No, I can't think. Of course, <laughs> but yeah, you're the the keys are in your hands. Start. Let's start this. <clears> up. Let's do some you, drop you, you dead. Take Fred. it where you want to go. Yeah, man. Let's run. Let's run through. Uh, let's do the uh, the housekeeping. Let's do the mm-hmm. numbers, the stats, all of that. Uh, I like that. I like the let's numbers. Let's get that out of the way. Good Which, idea. Uh, just no one technically knows when we're recording this. If you're listening, you don't know when we recorded it. You probably Do have the an magic I- of of recording things. Yeah, to, to, you, you have to, an idea. <laughs> you might have a general idea, but I will tell we just you, re- this is live. Don't ruin it. Yes, this is I, a live I will project. tell you that this week that we are recording it, whenever that may be, the this hmm. is the week of the thirtieth anniversary of this film. It was released May twenty fourth. 1991. It's been 30 years since this movie came out. Oh my God, 30 years ago, man. Yes, I do remember. I actually saw this movie in theaters with my brother. I feel like this was a rental for us. Mm-hmm. If I yeah, I remember it really well because he was not happy with me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to. Uh, I wanted to see it because so. We're just kind of rewinding a bit. Like my my brother, he he really got me into movies big time. He was kind of like my influence. Uh, he he was a uh, an employee at Blockbuster in the late eighties, and uh, you know you and I talked about it offline. I mean, he 
he he introduced me to like movies weeks before they would come out to the to the rest of the crew like i remember seeing like little monsters and naked gun like a couple weeks before it came out from anybody but the, but the other part of that was he would just bring home movies all the time oh, like yeah. classic movies and you know we would kind of share that and he he kind of fed me his you know favorites and they became like my favorites cuz he had he had really pretty good taste in movies so you know, it was only natural that a couple of years later, he's he he was 13 years older than me, so he he could drive, he could take me to the movies. Nice. And uh, I remember wanting to see Problem Child really badly. Ooh. Like I thought it looked so Junior cool. Healy, so funny. Yeah, and he just wouldn't. And you know, months, years later, whatever, we rented it, and he he kind of he was like, "Well, you know that that was better than I thought it was going to be." So when I came to him and said, well, like, I want to see Drop Dead Fred, and to him and I, like, it kind of just had a problem childy kind of feel to it. It's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, you didn't get to see Problem Child. And like I said, well, I, I, he never felt bad for me ever again after seeing the movie. But I will say, you know, I don't want to make it seem that I didn't like the movie. Like, I actually liked the movie fine back then. And parts of me really thinks the movie holds up pretty good. Uh, as an adult, I obviously I have a different point of view uh, for some parts of this movie, but I liked it just fine back then, and I I found myself liking it just a little bit more this time around, thirty years later. How about you? I gotta say I, that's one of the things, <clears throat> even like as goofy and as stupid uh, as kind of the basic premise wants you to think the movie is. I feel like there are actually you know, a handful of considerate layers to the to the film, mm-hmm. to where you know it's you know uh, on the surface, you know it's it's fun and silly and stupid the same way that it was thirty years ago, right? <clears throat> and it's not like I'm you know I'm gonna, I'm not going to do a dissertation in film school on this film, but it's one of those words like I feel like there are actually a few components to it to where it's like okay there might be a little bit of a message. There might be a little, you know, there might be some components here that, you know, if you really kind of break them down in a semi-intellectual fashion, there's, you know, some merit to what they're actually doing with the story in this. As, you know, as as flimsy as the story may be at times, there's some there's some real components to it. There's like, you know, this is, I mean, it's, I enjoyed it for, you know, for that surface part, the, you know, the fun, the goofy, the silly, the stupid, the same kind of things that I enjoyed it when I was eight. But it, yeah. when I was watch rewatching it for this, I'm like, you know, there's actually some some things here that if you know if I really wanted to kind of get into it and you know have a discussion on Drop Dead Fred, I feel like there's actually some things here that people might not necessarily have paid attention to or or really give it a credit for. I feel like a lot of people want to look at this movie and just kind of dissect it more than it really ought to be dissected <laughs> you know yeah there's a I, point to where some of the theories on this like people like do, will compare it to like fight club uh and, no you know, i like, did great. not get that far <laughs> that but that is that. a interesting stretch. i know i know it, not, i'm not saying like compare the whole movie one for one to fight club but you know I can, okay i well, you know just thinking thinking about that on the spot I can I yeah. can give at least a little bit of credence to the idea. I, I I for sure want to go down a list of like what are the rules of this movie? <laughs> that I don't I, yeah. really. There are comments. That I don't want to get ahead because I know you're doing the housekeeping, but 
the, the, for those sure. are, that's definitely and and once we get through kind of the the all that initial stuff i say let's dive into that because i kind of have some yes, thoughts on let's that too. please let's let's establish yeah. a baseline right there so go ahead all right get back on track <laughs> runtime on the movie 101 <laughs> minutes so oh that's too long <laughs> it's it it, it it is it is really kind of like that 10 minutes a little bit too long like we've we've yeah we've really hit i mean i think we both can agree that you know, like 87 to 92, 93 minutes on just kind of a standard comedy, I think is really, yeah. I mean, the sweet spot. I mean, it, yeah, 10 minutes over is not egregious. Yeah. But I, 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 I do agree. It's, it's kind of funny when you, when you put it to it, it's like, you know, an hour and 41 minutes versus 93 minutes. And it's only yeah. an eight minute difference, but it's like, well, by the time you're getting to the end of a movie, and especially something that came out in 91, when you know the credits aren't like eight minutes long, the credits are probably about three minutes long. Right. You know, there is a differential there where it's like, okay, if you trimmed well, it's it. It's like, it should have been, if it's just straight up zany, goofy comedy, yeah. they should have cut it eight minutes. Yeah. But if they really wanted to do like a deep thinker, like they, they're, it could have, like imagine what things were cut from this movie. Yeah. I bet there were a lot of things cut in this movie because like people like, like to point out certain plot holes and stuff in this thing yeah i gotta imagine like so many so we sometimes as viewers as moviegoers we're just the the victim of poor editing you know oh yeah I, totally i i'm i'm amazed at how different a movie like the wizard that 1988 or 89 movie from fred savage where they just like go to california to like win a video game competition yes there, there is like fifteen to twenty minutes of dramatic scenes just cut. Where I want to see like a, a direct, like a like an adult cut or something. give me the Snyder like, cut. Like, yeah, give the Snyder cut more twenty minutes of Fred Savage and s- slow motion. Um, but no, like I'm just trying to say, like this, it's it's a weird runtime for this kind kind it, of movie. It is. It really is. Well, and because that's. Uh, one one of the things that because uh, I know in uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier from Disney Plus that just finished airing a few weeks ago, uh, which mm. is a fantastic show if you haven't watched oh, it. So good. I mean, it's one of the best things Marvel has put out. I agree. Uh, um, they had uh, they had a whole uh, plot line that they had to cut out that I think had to deal with. Um, like drop a, dead fred specifically with drop dead fred <laughs> which is i mean it was really wacky when you kind of come around too it's yeah. like this seems out of order for a marvel movie <laughs> character well it's outsider. no wonder they cut that out right i mean it was an odd choice yeah they, they cut that and they had in addition to that secondarily to that i mean that was the primary thing they cut but secondarily yeah. They had this big plot line where it was uh, had something to do with some kind of uh, global disease, global pandemic kind of thing that they cut out uh-huh. because Whoa. we just Timing. have yeah. you know we're kind of emerging <laughs> out of a global pandemic. So it was like right. mm, maybe we don't focus in on this because that might not age well. Yeah, it's like a once in three or four generations yeah. global event. We just are coming out of yeah, the like tail end of, yeah. Maybe we don't. It would do be that. insensitive. I get it. You know, that that's a bit more. That's easier to understand than. I mean, it's up there. It's up there with like when they cut the uh, helicopter getting caught in Spider Man's web. Yeah. Right after nine yep. eleven, like those kinds of things. 
probably you know in a in a normal timeline of the world would not nobody would think about but just because something happened recently and it makes it it makes it difficult because if you've been planning on a plot line or a plot device or any sure. any part of something when you go in to remove it you know it's it's counterintuitive to what you're doing so you really have to think at all of the points where whatever it is that you're trying to remove well, from must, the film. They did a good job because yeah. I didn't feel like I missed anything yeah. weird. So there, uh, there's there's a, an, an element to that, like, you know, with this or with the wizard, with, with those, where it's like you can end up in a spot where something might not make sense or something's like, well, right. that doesn't add up. Why, why did they, you know, you, you get plot holes or you get kind of scenes that seem a little bit out of out of sorts because they were connected to something else and you can't surgically remove all of it so you, you get those moments in a film sometimes i like, believe truly that there's a way different cut of this movie because i mean like it the i, mean, I know there was like a different ending to, f- to it oh really yeah originally there was a different I, ending but it didn't test well gotcha got, oh yeah gotcha um yeah I, I don't know like i feel like there's out there's just definitely a different cut of this version of this movie and uh, we'll be, I mean, like, the there, it just feels a bit, like, it feels like a cartoon. I mean, my notes are really, like, sporadic and weird. And, Same know, here. It's not necessarily as linear as a lot of other movies. Like, I would just have thoughts and just jot it down. Like, That's what I, I don't did. know if I'm going to get to half of the stuff that I wrote down. But, you know, I don't know. It's, this, this is one of the, definitely one of the movies. And, and another thing, too, like, what I will tend to do while I'm, you know, preparing for a new episode, like I'll post something on Facebook and I'll just put like a screenshot of a movie and just say like homework. And yep. a lot of people on my personal Facebook Facebook feed were just like, Oh my God, drop dead Fred. I love that movie. That was my favorite movie as yeah. a kid. And they were all, they were all women. They were all like women, my age, interesting. They, 30 years ago, this was like a favorite movie of theirs. I just find that interesting. That is interesting because the, the, the protagonist is a woman yeah. and, you know, there there was a little girl or in you know throughout the movie that you can sort of uh, relate to. Oh yeah. So, and it's not like there's a lot of movies like this where there's like this kind of female type protagonist that isn't, you know, the character that you know humanizes the goofy male lead or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Like th- this was this is really from the point of view of a of a girl, a small girl. Or a woman, depending on where you are yeah. in the movie. So I kind of get that, but I feel a little pressure. Like, I feel like we got to be nice to this movie because like, a lot of people really enjoyed it. Well, then I should just, like, just right now, just rip into it. And be like, ah, <laughs> here, I'm not even <laughs> well, going to talk about the this movie's a ridiculous. I don't know if you crap. got the numbers for, like, the critics, but I mean, it was oh, not yes. a critical darling. <laughs> um, I do. Uh, IMDb has a 5.9, which. Oh, God. Um, is I, honestly, I, I was that's rough for IMDb. I was like, I was like, that's a lot higher than I kind of thought it would be. I, oh my god, <laughs> I mean, realistically, because I mean, there's a lot of time. I mean, like, when you look at movies, there's uh, kind of a, just a personal barometer that I use. Yeah, if <clears throat> like if I watch a trailer for something or I see a movie and I'm not sure, like, if I'm in a situation where it's like, I'm at uh, uh, Half Price Books and I'm going through the the used Blu-rays and I see a movie and I'm like, huh, you know what? I feel like this one was kind of on my radar. I might watch the trailer real quick. It's like, oh, that's kind of compelling. 
I'll use yeah. I'll use as a personal barometer if this movie is ranked at least a six on IMDb, I'll go ahead mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll I'll make the purchase. So I'm like, for this to yeah, be at a five, because most people, yeah. more people liked it than didn't. Yeah. So I'm like, if this is at a five point nine, I was like, okay, this. Is, I mean, that's you know, a five is is I mean, usually pretty standard when I think of movies that you know. Movies that are fun but may may not have aged well, I would put those kind of in the. Four. I'm a little embarrassed. You know what? I forgot how the IMDb scale works. So it's on a one to ten. Yeah, is that how it works? Yeah. I thought you were saying like a five point nine out of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, "That's honestly higher than I thought." I was really thinking it'd be like a three out of a hundred. Yeah, it was like just nearly six. Nearly six out of a hundred. What the hell were people thinking? <laughs> <laughs> it's too good for it okay five five point yeah yeah that that is a little bit maybe high because i mean it is a device i mean like for every person that really loves this movie you can find somebody who just thinks it's horrible yeah can't stand it but well, rotten tomatoes you get you get 11 on the critic side but 77 yeah. on the audience side I noted that as well. So, like, so we're way opposite. You get here. a big despair, and then Metacritic has it at a twenty-five, which is, you know, a, higher than a Rotten Tomatoes critic, but you know, still yeah. kind of on the low end for things. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely, you you raise an eyebrow at twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-five. You're know, like, like eh, eh. is this any good? Three out of four people said it's worth. It's passable, or not? You know, it's a pass for me, dog. I, as Randy would say. <laughs> I will say. I will say. One of my favorite things about this movie, right yeah. off the bat, Roger Ebert never reviewed it. I noticed that too, but did you see what his partner in crime I don't said about even it? want to, to acknowledge it. <laughs> I got to acknowledge it because you know I love getting me some Roger Ebert quotes, but since I couldn't find anything either, Siskel said this is easily one of the worst films I've ever seen. And he gave it zero stars. What did Siskel have to say about Babe Pig in the City? I don't know. Did he man. think that was a tour de force like old get, Roger Ebert? So they've got like their Razzie, their version of the Razzies, yeah. I guess. Siskel and Ebert. The worst. It was on the worst of 91 yes. list, uh, which included movies uh, like Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. It's a semi classic. That's, that's a movies good that people actually liked watching. Yeah. Highlander 2, you know, eh, whatever. That was not a bad movie. Uh, it's not bad. Hudson Hawk, which I actually That's enjoyed. a great movie. I don't care what It is a good movie. I agree. Nothing but trouble. That one maybe right that, that's, you know, <laughs> proof is in the pudding kind of thing right there. And scenes from a mall for and a couple other movies too that I didn't jot down, but I recognize that was the Bette Midler. I think yeah. Woody Woody uh, uh not Harrelson. Alan. <laughs> Woody Allen, thank you. That I remember seeing a lot of posters for, but I never saw it because just you know, yeah. as, as as who, what kid wants to watch a Woody Allen? Yeah, movie? I was like, if you're a kid, like I'd I'd like to watch the Woody Allen movie. Like we should probably oh get gosh, you tested. Woody Allen? Yeah, no, no, and I'm not gonna. Well, I'm not gonna go the there. the movie just uh, up, uh, rounding out the numbers portion. It had a six point yeah. eight million dollar budget. Yeah, um, made three point six million opening weekend and thirteen point eight million overall domestic. Good. So good. it, it made still its money. made money. It made its money back. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of they. They actually they had uh, they had planned a sequel. Uh, the two guys, uh, Carlos Davis and Anthony Fingle, Fingleton Fingleton, huh. um, Anthony Fingleton 
and Go Carlos on. Davis, the two yeah. writers of this movie. Oh, two of the three writers. Uh, Elizabeth Livingston, she has no other credits than Drop Dead Fred. She's credited with the story. Okay. I don't know. I was trying to find out if she was was like one of the people that started doing those like date movie type movies. (laughs) No, she she did nothing else. Literally nothing else. Yeah. The only other thing that Carlos and Anthony did was the hurricane heist from 2018. I was like, wow, you guys just waited a long time to make a really not great movie. (laughs) Like that movie has its fans because it's really over the top like in a fast and furious the director of fast and furious like the first one the one where they were stealing tv vcr combinations right (laughs) where they tried to make it actually about yeah the the one that came out in the late 90s right and then he did this movie in 2018 further and further and further away from memory yeah all these new ones coming out because now they're just heist. Movies. Now they're just like, they're flying through space and they're oh my god fighting I'm so dragons for and new one, dude. I can't wait. I'm gonna go see oh, it in theaters. I know. I'm pretty sure just, they find the lost city of Atlantis in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Discovery. No, they gotta save something for the next one. I, I don't. I don't even know like what else they're gonna do. But I'm gonna. Keep I don't know. Watching man. They're running out of people to put in these movies. Yeah, I'm like I'm just gonna. I'm gonna keep watching it. I don't care. I just keep, yeah. You guys keep doing this, and I'll I'd like I will buy all day long that Ludacris can hack into government computers. Oh yeah, any day of the week. Oh yeah, and you know what's funny is that when I saw the trailer to this thing the first time, for a part of a good part of the uh, trailer in the beginning, I kind of was starting to think to myself like, oh, I think they might be maybe they're losing it a little bit because I just didn't really care. You know, because like it really sets up heavy the whole John Cena brother thing. Yes, and I'm like, I don't know, man. This this is seeming a little bit trite, even for like this shit. You know, like I don't know. But then as soon as they started showing like rocket cars and yes. fucking magnet play, oh yeah, oh dude, I was like, this is what I'm in for. You know, like whipping cars around to knock dudes off another car or tr- fast moving train, whatever. And I don't even uh, know they brought Just Han insane. back. They did. They Han is back. back. Han's back, baby. Because I don't even care how they bring bring back back his girl. I don't (laughs) even care. I don't care if it was some sort of cult, like necromancy, like really twisted mess. I was like, I don't care because he's back and he's Han and I love him. Yeah, and he's snacking on stuff like always. Like now, and now it's like back. It's like regular timeline. Yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not like, a, oh, prequels. this is in the past. Like, no, he was yeah. very much dead. Yeah. That was, a, we all cried. We, yep. I went to his now funeral. He's back. He's back from, I guess, from what happened in uh, Too too Fast, Too Furious. No, Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. Yeah. That was, that's that was, where he's where, coming back from the dead, right? That that's was where, where he first, from. that was where we first saw him. And okay. then, yeah, but that's where we first saw him. But he's coming back from, from the dead from that movie, right? Let me. Th- I'm trying to think of the timeline now because i Or did he die? Or did he die in one of the? He he died in one because uh, Jason Statham killed him. Um, oh, that's I, so. I think it well, was. Well, yeah, six. but he killed him in. Jason Statham was the person who killed him in Tokyo Drift because he Han dies in Tokyo Drift, but you don't really see who kills him. You just assume yeah. it's that one other dude. Yeah. I think I'm so now. Confused. I have to rewatch I all eight movies tonight. Shit. No, no. I'll start with five. 
No, I have to I'll rewatch all of them. Just start <laughs> at the beginning and do it properly. No, Tokyo Drift is actually a lot of fun. I remember seeing uh, Tokyo Drift. Honestly, like as much as people want to shit on Tokyo Drift, I think it's actually. Oh, they should. I think it's better than the second one. I think it's better oh than Too Fast, God, Too Furious. It's way better than the second one, even yeah. if it doesn't have Brian and Vin. Yeah, because it doesn't like you know it kind of gets to that you know sort of time in movies where we were like let's stop doing everything in CG. Yeah, <laughs> we can get stunt drivers. We can actually film stuff with a camera, guys. Yeah, like we, we could, that's something we, could we can still do with movies. Stuff. We don't have to do this all on computers. Yeah, and as much as I love special effects and CG, in the like. You know, in the right way, the Tokyo Drift was refreshing because, like, they're actually driving cars around. Yeah. The and doing it in, like, right, cool so, ways. But I'm getting way, oh, t- the tangent. Mm, it's so a great cheesy. tangent, though. Fast, I'm like, I'll yeah, get on a fast and furious tangent any day of the week. It's definitely wor- a tangent worth visiting. Back on track with the drop Back on Fred. D- Drop Dead Fred. Yep. So, uh, um, yeah, so I, ta- I talked about the writers because they wrote the crappy Hurricane mm. Heist movie. Um, yep. They had a Dutch guy that directed it. I, I'm not even going to try it. Eight de, de, de Jong. Eight de, I know that's not how you say it, but I'm going to say it like that because I'm an American. Dijong? Okay. I mispronounce yeah, I'm foreign names because I'm an idiot. Because like you're an American. I'm American. This is America. This is America. <laughs> and I talk American. And this fellow's name is Eight Dijong. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's how I'm going to say it. Eight. A T E. That's how I spell eight. Not eat. I'm sorry eight. to all of our. I'm sorry to all of the listeners who aren't the majority of our listeners who aren't in America. <laughs> but Vietnam, you know, you love this stuff. You know, Don't you love, love it. Vietnam. We love you. I'm gonna come there someday, and they're gonna be like, "Ah, oh, you're the guy from the thing, right?" He's like, "Yeah, that's me." Oh my god, they're, you're, you're gonna get mobbed in the streets. They're gonna have shirts with Jonathan Brandis that just say "Don't do it." <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, it's the guy. It's him. It's him. It's like, oh man. Oh my god. Why are we Whew. selling that shirt? Why am I not living in <laughs> Vietnam? <laughs> Two feet taller You're than everyone so here. So many bad choices, man. So many bad Gosh. choices. Wrong of me. I'm moving to Vietnam. Okay, that settles it. That's happening. Soon, After this probably. recording, as soon as I'm done, I'm gonna pack You're going to pack your bags, and the next time we do a show. Episode sixty one. You will I be. Will be in doing Vietnam. it live from Vietnam. <laughs> and we'll have to record it in the morning. Yes, I don't sleep. I can record whenever. Yeah. Well, I was, yeah. <sighs> All right. Uh, last thing I'll run through before we can dive into our stuff because it's my last thing before I have notes colon and then stuff starts. I just start writing stuff down. Right on. Yeah. This is the cast, and the cast is, I mean, relatively small as far as people you want to you need to care about. You have yeah. uh, Phoebe Cates as the the main character, Lizzie Elizabeth mm-hmm. uh, Cronin, uh, Rick Mayall as uh, the titular drop dead Fred. Yeah, died in two thousand fourteen, unfortunately. Yep. Um, <clears throat> uh, Marsha Mason, who plays Polly Cronin, her uh, uh, Lizzie's mom. Mm-hmm. Tim Matheson, fresh off <laughs> his uh, uh, fame of uh, of Animal House. This yeah. is before he did uh, his next Fletch. big breakout of uh, uh, Black Sheep with, uh, with Chris Farley. This is uh, pre-Black Sheep, but post-Buried Alive. Yes. Which was a made-for-TV movie that I 100% remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that shit. That sounds, really freaky. It sounds like you may be remembering it for all the wrong reasons. This movie scarred me <laughs> in ways I don't really want to talk about unless you're a licensed <laughs> therapist. 
<laughs> yeah, we don't want. If you're a licensed therapist, give us a call. Give us right a buzz because we've got issues. <laughs> Lots to unpack. Oh, old Timmy Matheson, he played Charles, aka yeah, Charlie. He did Chuck. Uh, Carrie Fisher. As he's been as he's known to be called in the movie. Carrie Fisher. She was in this. This is a uh, her uh, big. R.I.P. This is her big break. Yeah. Her big break after yeah. she did the burbs. That's <laughs> where everybody thinks about. Do you think Carrie Fisher, like, oh. Yeah. She was in that one movie with Tom Hanks, and then she was in Drop Dead Fred. For sure. For sure. And I totally remember it. that. Nothing else. I don't. I Blues can't Brothers. Piece, I can't piece her in anything else. I'm trying to think of what else did she do. Well, I feel like we should. I mean, we're, we're, we're scooting past these actors, but we should probably give them a little talk about their bona fides. No, they uh, they didn't bit. do anything of any worth, any value. No, but Phoebe, Phoebe Cates. I mean, can we back she up and talk Gremlins about Phoebe Cates? She did Gremlins and Gremlins too. She, yes, she was in Gremlins and, and Gremlins Shag. too. And but the thing about Phoebe Cates that I want to well, I mean, Fast Times. Come on, I mean, like everybody knows Phoebe Cates from Fast Times. Her became a household name. Yeah, one of Fast. Roger Ebert's one star films. Oh God, that scene alone is worth two stars at least. Not to Start Roger two Ebert. Stars. <laughs> corporate shill he's he's more uh, of a fan of babe pig in the city that's his cup of tea four stars four stars but i guess the point i wanted to make about phoebe cates is it you know i feel like she's been in a lot more stuff than she really has like she hasn't been in no she really stuff. hasn't but i put her in that same class of 80s cute is like a a Winona Ryder or like a, a Meg Ryan or like an Elizabeth Shue, you know, like that, you know, synonymous with the 80s cute actresses. Yes. I feel like she's there, but I mean, she doesn't, I mean, other than Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Gremlins, you know, not a lot, but. And being married her, to Kevin Klein. Exactly, yeah. I, I uh, found that out while doing a little bit of research. I didn't know she was not. Uh, she she was she had a little bit part in uh, the Kevin Klein movie "I Love You to Death." She plays one of the uh, uh, women that he cheats on his wife with. Well, who's Tracy Ullman? And that's a really good. I know I've probably mentioned that part of that movie a couple times during our tenure of the podcast. It's worth a it's worth a watch. It's pretty good. Kevin Klein's it's, a fantastic actor. It also has actor. Keanu Reeves. What's that? Kevin Klein's a fantastic actor. Oh yeah, I don't think a lot of people recognize go how good of an actor he really is. They should. He's he's all, he's excellent. He brings the same level of, to everything he does. Um, well, but I, I kind of compare her to like a like a Katie Holmes type. I career. could see that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like early in the career, thought uh, she was going to be huge. Know, thought she was going to be huge, most recognizable for like you know the stuff she did when she was way younger, and then just kind of. You know, just kind of, I guess, married, married a huge star and right, yeah, <laughs> just sort of went away. Well, it it is uh, uh, worthy to note that um, in this film we do have because I, I didn't list her because she's uncredited anyways and it's not a huge role, but uh, yeah, um, her good friend from the movie Shag. Um, oh, and I just lost her name. Um, she played Annabelle, the other the other girl. That uh, Charles. Are you talking about Bridget Fonda? Bridget Fonda, thank you. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. was in Annabella, this as a favor because my, they're friends. I'm your fella, Annabella. <laughs> yeah, I was like Tim, <laughs> Math- Tim, Tim Matheson. Matheson. I was just like, Ugh. really, man, come on, you're better than this. Even Not, if that's what I the line, know, even if that's what the lines are, <laughs> come on, dress it up a little. Oh, come on, tell some, tell somebody's better. like, 
uh, no one talks like this. Really? Yeah. Like, this is the dialogue? He, I bought him because, like, the dude, I mean, other than Animal House, where he kind of played, you know, like the Van Wilder type yeah. role, he he's made a career out of just being, like, kind of a sleazy, kind of sketchy dude, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> oh, he he definitely, he oozes sleaze. He can, he can turn that on pretty easily. He oozes sleaze, and I also like to call him, like, I refer to this type of actor as handsome generic, you know, like... They're just if you just need a generic handsome guy, yeah. Just cast. Tim He's like Mathis. a Peter Gallagher. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just but, less eyebrow, you know. Rick Mail, um, again, you know, R.I.P. He he was um, mainly, I guess, a, a British television actor. Yeah, I guess is mainly what he's known for. Uh, won a comedy award for best TV comedy actor in the UK. I guess it's a BBC award, but the BAFTA. You no, know, not just not many things in the US. I mean, no. The saddest thing I I know he died young. He died young. Yeah, I, he I, did. He died while apparently he had a heart attack. From what I read, yeah, while jogging. That's how he, you know, died. But he had a really, you know, kind of out there crazy life and the thing that just made me sad about him is he had a role cut he had a part in the first harry potter movie yeah. that was cut and they filmed I'm it reading too it, sure yeah but but if unless i'm reading it wrong it seems to me that he was unaware of his role being cut and he did not learn until the premiere of the movie yeah <laughs> Ooh. which which really if you've read the books he was going to play the uh the ghost peeves which yeah. in the books actually has pretty pretty good pretty pretty big part. Yeah, really. I mean it's, it's I mean, it wasn't. I mean, like as they cast John Cleese as nearly headless Nick. Yeah, and he's yeah. got I don't know two or three you know times throughout the series where he pops up. That right. comparatively is a much smaller role in the books. Yeah. And it's like I know John Cleese is a bigger name than Rick Mayall. But it was right. Uh, that's that was one of the things because that's really the only other like I mean outside. I mean I know some of his BBC work, but like yeah, out- oh yeah. I mean his like comedy specials and his stand up yeah. and I mean he's 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 famous in the UK for sure. Oh yeah, but you know outside of Drop Dead Fred, I don't think you know an American audience. He would. he reminds me. Uh, I was thinking about it as I was watching this. He reminds me a lot of Yahoo Serious in that way. I yeah. It's funny you say that. I was listening to these other guys on another podcast, and uh, one one of the guys on the show seemed to genuinely be confused that Yahoo Serious wasn't in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I, in his brain, he just associated it with Yahoo Serious so much so that he just kept waiting for him. <laughs> Where the fuck is he? IMDb says he's not in this, but that's wrong. Like, I no, know I swear, it's... I swear it was. <laughs> Was Young Einstein, Mister yeah. Accident, and Drop Dead Fred? That's 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 what he's in, right? It's like no. I, totally I honestly w- don't be surprised if one of these days we were talking about Young Einstein on this podcast. It's been a good while since I've watched that movie, but I would yeah, totally watch same. it again. In a it heartbeat. really has. Yeah. Oh yeah. It. I, I. I saw it probably fifty times in a year, year and a half, and I haven't seen it since. Yeah. So probably by definition would have fit in well with the theme we're going with here. Maybe next year. Maybe yeah. next year. You never know. You can always circle back. Maybe around. we'll do that for next May. Mm. Oh, I see what Puns, you did there. plays on words. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, it's classic uh, Ma- cinematic. Marsha Mason, you know, you'd mention her. Like, she, I don't know a lot of what she's uh, famous for other than this movie. I, I just see her very much so as she's playing, like, the PG-13 version of Mommy Dearest in this yeah. movie. She's she's doing a really good job for what yeah. she's being asked to do. Like, she's totally nailing it for what she's being asked to do. She reminds me of uh, Kathleen Turner if Kathleen Turner still had a neck. <laughs> Wow, that's fucking brutal, man. <laughs> it is, but it's fair. That's catty as shit, man. You don't normally say stuff like that. That's something I would say. <laughs> that's okay. I'm just trying to start. Yeah, I'm trying to start beef correct, with though. Kathleen Turner. Yeah, you are. And Marsha Mason. Yeah, bring it. Um, Carrie Fisher. I mean, I, I, you know, we're back to Carrie Fisher, but I just wanted to go back and just maybe briefly i mean you're driving i'm sorry no 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 you're fine driving it's this is a two-party i mean like yeah 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 i might be driving but you're 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 open you're you're, open you're not sitting in this isn't a minivan and you're in the the way back no you're right there in the passenger's (laughs) front passenger seat you're picking the tunes you've got the the road snacks you're a vital part of this thanks man appreciate it but all a lot of that's just i wanted to get back to carrie fisher i mean that this movie I mean, you know, we were kidding around earlier, but I mean, obviously, Princess Leia, she also had a very strong uh, affinity for characters who are like kind of best friend characters. I feel like she really played that role super, like pretty convincingly. I mean, like she's 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 a funny person, and it's I mean, it's really tragic that she had her you know struggles she had her with demons. substance abuse and things, but. She's really funny in this, I, I think. I mean, when Harry met Sally, she's a good, funny friend in that. You know, she's great in the Burbs. You know, obviously, she she has a part in the Blues Brothers, and that's a comedy. But it's not like anything she's doing super funny, but I appreciate that. The, Austin Powers. I, I've forgotten that she was the uh, lead, I guess, uh, you know, uh, what do you call her? Like, I mean, she she's like... Went with Doctor Evil, and he he does the whole like freshly scorned scrotum speech. Oh yeah, and it's it's like in it's like therapy. She's like the therapist for dads and sons. Yeah, she's awesome in that. She played a nun in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. I mean, like really willing to kind of poke fun at herself a lot, and, and Family Guy too. Like she she just had a really awesome career. It's this really funny you know lady post. Uh, Leia, so good, good on her for having that re- that second wind of, of a career. Well, I know because we've talked about that a number of times. I I always appreciate when actors who have had, I mean, you know, either a long illustrious career, especially of a non comedic nature, or are really known for. I mean, like she's clearly known for being Princess Leia, which I yeah. mean has moments of levity or moments of i mean she's a very sarcastic character but i mean where there is you know there are comedic elements in star wars star wars isn't a comedy uh so she's not necessarily known as a comedic actress but it's like we've talked about a number of times with different actors who get to that point where it's 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 kind of a different thing it's not like oh they they sold out to to stay relevant and they're just you know it's like they're hawking this or it's like I saw a commercial earlier today for I think it was Car Shield, um, and and uh, uh, what's his face the wrestler uh, Rick uh, Rick Flair I was like ah oh, man you 
this is like you were like one of those like I wasn't a big wrestling guy. I was like you know, Ric Flair was one of the one of those guys in wrestling. Like he was like one of yeah, the he was, big names. He was like a villain, right? Yeah, it's like now you're hawking car insurance, and it's like it just yeah. I mean, let him get. It's like, his, I mean, the guys had a couple several heart attacks. Yeah, it's like more power so. to you, man. You know, make, right. make what it was like. <laughs> it's one of those like when you get when you get people's like okay, your career could have just ended gracefully, and if you had you know, if whatever you know whatever <laughs> I would the, love it. But, I would love it if, like, Ted DiBiase, the billion-dollar man, would just start, <laughs> like, a lie to those, like, check cash now type stories. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> would that or, be Or, like, amazing? gold commercials. Do you do you invest in gold? <laughs> yes. I haven't. Like Virgil. Yeah. Side <laughs> by side. See. The, oh, man. But it's, like, for Carrie Fisher, it's when I was, like, Ted. Yeah. To have kind of, like, that, you know, that we second. We almost slid into a wrestling podcast. We did. Transition. We were very, almost very did. close. <laughs> you brought us back. One more reference, and we would have been right there. <laughs> we were so close. Oh, my goodness. You have, like, you have, we could have, what was that, uh, uh, that one documentary that Mankind did? We could have talked about that for a moment, and then. We could have mentioned the Jake the Snake documentary, yeah. which is pretty heartbreaking too. Yeah, I've not, oh, yeah. I've not seen. We it. could talk about the wrestler, the Mickey Rourke movie. Yeah, we could talk. We, we could go. We could go for many episodes. Just I, I would. I I could. Theme. I I would be very illiterate because I know of wrestlers, <laughs> but not a lot about wrestling in general. I was I was big into it in my teens, like early teen years. It was for a couple of years. It was like my baseball football you know like it was awesome i i but I, i'm an adult now well i i, I, <laughs> no I don't like to those people who still watch wrestling as adults that's all good man i, I don't it's i don't like it's people i don't like people that necessarily just shit on wrestling because yeah. to me it's when i was like okay there's not a lot of difference between this and other forms of genuine entertainment yeah and the kind it's of work fun that these entertainment guys, for a lot of people oh and, yeah it, you're not hurting anybody. And the so kind, quit being a <laughs> the kind of work these guys have to do. I yeah. mean, like you know, it's one of those like to to think about like you know as just throwing the millions of dollars that get poured into soap operas, and I was like, these guys got to actually like be in top physical condition. Yeah, like it's not like they just go out there and act like you know crazy people. It's like no. In addition to that, you have to be completely ripped. Like you got to be able to lift this guy up in the air. That's not. There's right. not wires. Like you still nope. have to be able to physically lift a human being and throw them. It's like I can't do that. <laughs> so no. uh, while I myself am not necessarily a lifelong wrestling fan or never, I never really right. got into it. I still uh, appreciate the people. It's like okay, you know what? Th this is a very valid form of entertainment for a lot of people. And I say oh, let them have sure. fun. Let them have their. Let them have fun. Let them have it's, their fun. It's meant as long as you're not taking it too seriously. Yeah. Because some people can't some people take go it a little too, too you know, a little overboard. Uh, but I mean, if as long as you're just like taking it for its at face yeah. value, and have fun with it, man. Exactly. So drop but dead like, Fred. Yeah, fraud, drop dead Fred. <laughs> Where do you want to go next? I guess we talked I, about I, the the last cast member. I want to I want to mention just because um, okay is Mickey Bunce, played by Ron Eldard. Yeah, just because Mickey, you know, he's he's not a huge role, but. He is sort of pivotal. I, I recognize him. Well, I didn't. I was looking at his IMDb page, and I recognized the character that he played in that J.J. Uh, Abrams movie, Super Eight. He played Dakota. I think it's Dakota Fanning's dad, and he kind of had like seventies hair. Yeah, he was like set in the seventies or whatever. But seeing him as like Mickey Fart Pants or whatever in this movie, which is fresh faced with like a 
you know, like a kid face. I mean, I, I didn't recognize him. But. I remember him from the movie Mystery Alaska and from mm-hmm. the TV show. Um, uh, it was him and Rob Schneider, uh, Men Behaving Badly, because Justine oh, okay. Bateman was in okay. that as well, I believe. Oh, wow. Don't look at Justine Bateman recent photos, no, by the way. No, that's Just a bad idea. public service I'm offering. It's a bad idea. <laughs> I got to tell you. Um, We're just shitting I'm on not people trying tonight. to like shame anybody for her appearances, but I mean, like Jason Bateman looks normal. Yeah, and Justine Bateman, you know, throughout the '80s was just like one of those synonymous with fame, just like a famous person in the '80s. Yeah. Very, very pretty, you know, and then just kind of went away. Just didn't pan out into anything else. And she was on um, a morning show a couple months back. And she had written a book called Face. But when I saw her talking and interviewing, I was like getting ready to walk out the back door. And I said, is that fucking Justine Bateman? I said, look at her face. And then like in like quotes down on the bottom, it just said face. And I was like, holy shit. Good morning, America. It's totally like they get it. And they know what's up. This lady's not so doing well. Fortunate, fortunate name for the book. But I mean, the, the whole book was about, I guess it was her, you know, I don't know if she's necessarily trying to prevent people from doing surgery on their face, but I'm sure, I'm sure she probably regrets it. Um, probably wishes she hadn't gone down that road because uh, it's, 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 it's a bit, it's a bit, it was a bit shocking, man. I just was not prepared for it. It's, you can't just not be in the public eye for 30 years yeah. after being in it for like constantly for like 10 years and then write a book called Face because of what you did to your face. Yeah, and that's and not cause a stir. But I'm sorry, Justine Bateman. I'm a big fan. I love you. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm still trying to start beef with Kathleen Turner, so I'm not going to apologize for what I said earlier. <laughs> Even though I, I mean, I no know I know full Kathleen well. Durter. I know full well if I got in the ring with Kathleen she Turner, she may have a neck by now. I mean, people she, get no, on these she diets. Doesn't. She doesn't. It, our uh, good our good friend and fellow cinema master Matt. I mean, holy moly! Yeah. Did you see that post? magical transformation. Magical, magical transformation. What a stud! I was like, holy shit! Is that Vin Diesel? Then I look at myself, I was like. Oh. I know. It gives me hope, though. Doesn't it just give you a little hope? It, it's one of those, like, <laughs> it gives me hope that one day I could be somebody's before picture. Yeah. It's like, okay. hey, look, this is before, and then, oh, look at him after. It's like, he looks way better. Well, I started a diet a week ago and was like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like a weekend, lost like three pounds. I'm like dedicated. And then, like, I just saw his fucking, like, lost 100 pounds post. And I was like, yeah. just, it was a little deflating. It was just a little bit deflating. <laughs> well, I, I saw it, and, and I was like, wow, Matt looks amazing. I was like, you know yeah. what, I, I would, I would you know, even if I, you know, didn't get to that level, it's like, if I just was doing a little bit better, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I could, I could, I could get on board. With that, 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 you know, and I started to get really excited. And then the next morning, I went to Dunkin' Donuts. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I guess I don't want it, it that bad. Uh, so uh, character actors, yeah. That, can we get can we get to like the rules of this movie now? Yes, is it okay. We are past I, I the wrote, cast. I, I wrote we, a chart here. Like this is what I called my chart. This we it's are in open the, territory. Is, yeah, it, it's called the is Fred Beetlejuice or is Lizzie mentally ill? That's the that's the chart. I like this chart. And yeah, and if you if you if you look at my chart, I've it's like a do's and like don'ts like you know like those types of lists like 
reasons to stay with somebody, reasons not to, and you got like your two sides. Yes. So I, I've just got it broken down to be like real, where only she can see, or just mentally ill. Yes. And a lot of these I I kept going back and forth on. Like here's what I wrote down for real, only she can see. Like I, and and I'm also trying to keep that Tyler Durden Fight Club thing yes. in my head. Because so there's like the poo on the carpet scene. Uh, do you, do you, was that her doing the poo or did Fred do that? And she, I mean, like, what's your take on that? That's, I mean, like there, there's a number of, there's a number of times where I don't know as I'm trying to, I'm trying to see, (laughs) trying to think here, um, where I really couldn't tell like, okay. Uh, yeah. How does Fred interact with the actual world? Right. Because it's like, okay, I mean, like the, uh, and I'll jump ahead a little bit to the, the letter. You know, when they're reading yeah. the letter, it's like, okay. Oh, I love that She scene. wasn't the only one that saw the letter. Like there was an right. actual physical letter she saw, people saw. It was there. So it wasn't something that like that she just made up in her head. I'm like, okay, there's an actual letter here. Oh, okay. You're not talking about the little okay, no, 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 no. When, like yeah. five year old Lizzie wrote that sweet little letter with all the doodles and zigzags. No. You're talking I did. about the letter that Fred wrote. Fred wrote to as Charles Lin- Lizzie. Yes. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I was like, okay, I, but she could have written that and just like mentally in her mentally ill state. Just it, yeah. It, I mean, didn't you know? Yeah. Like even that, you could go fifty fifty on. And because the the other one that I just I listed because I think I was writing it down when she was having the flashback to when they were doing the burglar stuff and she was smashing yeah. the front window. Yeah, it was when I was like, okay, like some of these things. I mean, if, well, they're side by side apparently. Yeah, so like that. That's tough too. But like, you, you, there's there's the her mom and her dad come out or like they're up in their room and you can hear the window front window is smashing. Right. So I was like, okay, this is a thing that's actually the front window is being smashed. Yes. And I'm just like, okay, and I know it's a movie, so they're not using actual glass, but it's like, even if one of my kids had a tire iron. No, but the movie's telling us a window, like that's what woke yeah, her parents. Like the window's being smashed. I'm like, but. But did she, are you saying like, did she, so did she, do you think she smashed the that, well, that's all by herself? That's That's where it's like, I don't think she did. I was like, okay, if, yeah. so Fred, I mean, Fred smashed the window. So it, like, well, here's one that like makes me like feel like he, he's got to be real. The part where, well, you know, like there's that whole like recurring bit where if she sneezes, she kind of blows him yeah. around the room like a cartoon. Yep. Well, the one where he, the time she did it and he lands on top of the wall or whatever and overhears Tim. Oh, Madison's yeah. Having character. the conversation. Yep having yeah having a conversation and you know all the while she's in another room where she couldn't possibly no. have heard what you wouldn't think anyway i mean you i guess you could argue that she did hear him and made up the whole fred you know whatever but it it may it definitely doesn't seem likely that that happened yeah and, you know he was like look in the other room so he told her like so is he beetlejuice there i mean the, <laughs> like is he real and there were her? yeah there, i mean there were a lot of those a lot of those situations was, and and I mean, to to the credit, it, it, intentional or accidental, however it turned out, th- I mean, all, all of these things are just ambiguous enough to where you feel like you can't really put your finger on it. Like, okay, Fred is clearly yeah. her imaginary friend, and even when they have kind right. of the round table where Fred is interacting with all the imaginary friends, 
Like each yeah, kid, but can, she couldn't see. She the could other only see. Yeah, she friend. could only see Fred, right. and each of the kids could see their imaginary. Friends. I feel like that mucks things up a lot. There, yeah, there's. I mean, trying to pinpoint the rules, like in that instance, like he has to be real enough to her in yeah. a way. But she, you know, like he he does have these friends. He's sort of autonomously acting in his own little world with these other imaginary friends of the other kids because they're in that you know, doctor's office or whatever. I don't know. Like, I feel like you, you could make, you could easily make a, t- a long case, a really solid case of like, m- you know, Lizzie is acting out, you know, she, she's having some sort of psychotic kind of break. She is doing these things. And Fred, although she sees him, she thinks he's real. He's never really there. Yeah. But there's that, there's that scene with the friends, and then there's also that final scene where Mickey's daughter, you know, like he kind of, yeah. even when he first meets back up with Lizzie, and he's like, oh, you remind me of my, you know, my daughter, or, you know, my daughter reminds me of you or whatever. She gets into trouble, too, and she sees Fred with her, and they're, like, hooking pinkies yeah. in that kind of way. Like, why would she, you know, like, how does she, I don't, you know, like, what's going on here? Like, I don't understand the rules again. I'm really confused yeah it was it was very confusing on okay what is in play what's not in play how how exactly does this work because you know i mean even like when in the whole scene where she's which i just it's this one of the scenes that bothers me the most when she takes off in carrie fisher's houseboat yeah and Uh. Just because she thinks she sees Charles. I'm just like, okay, speedboat. you know, I'm with you on a lot of things here, sister. Like, hey, yeah, your life's falling yeah. apart. It's pretty rough. Like, I'm glad you right. got a friend. We're like, you're on your friend's. She's a horrible person. You're on really your friend's houseboat, and you just, I mean, like, you sank her house. Yeah. Because you thought yeah. you saw Charles in a speedboat. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, like, you blame Fred if you want. Fred is shown to be the person behind it, but. You know, it wouldn't, you know, it, it's it's really Lizzie's fault, ultimately, yeah. for being out and, in, in the river. And I'm like... By the way, did you know that this movie was a uh, film majorly, or ma- majorly, not majorly, the majority, let me re-say it, <laughs> the majority of this movie, I told you I had a little much. That's all right. Was filmed in Minnesota. Minneapolis. Yeah, Minneapolis, isn't that cool? Because they like wanted to go for the any city kind of look they didn't want like an iconic city like a new york or a chicago yeah. or a san francisco right, right. i like that the, the minneapolis is a great it's a great town for that i do i do i think that's cool but it is weird that she lived on a paddle boat right the pa- i was like a paddle boat <laughs> like is this like you <laughs> not, converted not even a, a regular houseboat <laughs> a river casino like what on yeah. earth and what does something like that even cost well and and then i'm mean, like uh, how cool she i'm like it's when i was like okay we're fr- we're good friends yeah but like if you asked me to house it and i burned your house down i feel like we probably wouldn't be friends anymore especially if it wasn't like oh my goodness i was you know something i would for sure try to i would i would give you i would ghost you for a while and hope that you would just get the hint yeah you're right you're right because it, it'd be, it'd be it, like especially if it was like yeah oh i it, we, i was playing this guy is way too dangerous to be my friend i was like ah <laughs> oh, you know what i was there but my, it was my imaginary friend was really the one that burned down your house yeah then you'd be like yeah, oh she's yeah just sounds insane i need an sounds epo insane. that's what i need 
<laughs> but like, uh, so, just, she was just here, so here's cool. Here's what I like it. to think. I, I feel like the movie, the the officially, I feel like the movie wants us to know that she has an imaginary friend. Yes. That she just needed, and you know, he pops up because you know he comes out of the Jack in the Box or whatever. Yes. Where he is originally trapped. Um, I feel like the movie wants us to understand that the rules are this: like he's he's real to her, and there are some magical. Uh, you know abilities that he has but i, I think uh, people like want to look at it through this new lens 30 years later like like i said like the fight club yeah. analogy and really give it more thought than it was really deserves or really was intended to have ever i, I the the one cuz the one part one of the one of the two major things that i wrestled with cuz you know fred kind of has you know she's like oh i'm i'm back because you need my help it was like I don't know why you need right. my help, but you you need my yeah. help for something. And in the in the end, I, there is a real sweetness too. And there's a couple there's a couple of moments where like Fred stops just long enough to be like, okay, hey, I'm I'm sorry. Like I, I thought we were just playing around. Like yeah, yeah. I do really care. Like there are moments throughout the movie where you're like, okay, because I think I wrote down once or twice. Like it seems like Fred really cares about Lizzie. Like. He's an he's a little kid's imaginary friend, so little kids, you know, would do stupid little kid stuff, and that's what he's supposed to be there for. So it's like the fact that he's manifesting himself for a thirty year old woman is like I don't know what to do with this because I'm supposed to be with a little kid, not you. So did, did you know that this movie was originally written? I think with Rob. I think it was Robin Williams. Yeah, and Tim Burton to and direct. He passed. Yeah, which would have been a way feel- weirder movie. Well, would have it been though? I mean, I don't know. Like, I I feel like this really would have been a great Robin Williams because, like, I, I'm thinking genie vibes. You know, oh, if you had nonstop, yeah, if you had Tim Burton and Robin Williams, it would have been a much better, much better movie. It would have just been yeah. if Tim Burton was at the helm of this, it would have been a lot darker. Oh, if Tim Burton were yeah. to direct this movie, okay. So was he originally? Yeah, he be, was. was he was one of the, he was one of the guys that oh, wanted it to direct different, it. Yeah, yeah, they wanted it to be oh, a Robin Williams Tim Burton thing. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. I didn't know that, but that that's interesting. That's yeah, interesting. But uh, the, um, the when you get to the end, there there is a real sweetness in how he he really does help her. Like, hey, when when he's like, you got to use your imagination, and she has the whole kind of coming to terms with her mom, and mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that she's like, okay, no, you really don't want to be with Charles, like you think you do. So it's like he really does help her grow up because it, it's funny. Like one of the things that I did notice, and it was seemed really insignificant, but I think it, it lends itself. I mean, it, initially, there's there's a lot of really unhealthy dynamics that she has with her mom. Um, like when you're looking at it, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, her mom, where do you – okay, so one thing I've read, people go back, like her mom's actually a really good person and that Lizzie's the bad person, but I disagree with that. I do too. Her her mom is really abusive in this thing, and I I wrote I you know I was taking down notes and I kind of starred some of just some of the things. Can, I just want to read some of the things yeah. she said to Lizzie in the movie. Uh, so she just broke out with Charles and her friend, um, you know, her best friend played by Carrie Fisher is like she just needs cuddles and she she just snaps back cuddlings for teddy bears. Yeah, I just like damn that's cold. I yeah, mean, it's like oh, you know, there's a there's a part where. You know, she tells her own daughter, like, it's it's no wonder Charles left you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know how to, to make a marriage work. And I was like, what? You don't either. You know, you, you're divorced yourself. Like, really weird. 
when Elizabeth gets like that letter that we talked about. Yeah. She and 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 you know she's really excited because she you know she thinks that he Charles is coming back to her. Her mom just really seemed genuinely disappointed. Yeah. By the that she just you know that she was happy. Uh. I I really oh my gosh, and like the whole thing with like her husband Nigel, who you know was a British guy, and I guess why Fred's British also in her as her as your imaginary friend, like that's her dad's surrogate. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but you know she I I don't understand that I don't know what like the environment was between her and him like probably wasn't a real good marriage anyways to begin with but she had that weird line like you know like you you wouldn't like you would know what it takes to raise a child and you're like yeah. right in front of like Lizzie and you know he's like well maybe I don't and then he like leaves like for good yeah it's like he but, just I mean, walks out the door it was like is yeah that, that it? couldn't have been a great marriage I mean like maybe he wasn't like a great dad either but I mean that her like I mean it's just it's sad and then she knows then she says the one line the bitch line like I had a child to save a marriage yeah well, you know, uh, <laughs> that's like the meanest thing a parent could ever say to a kid yeah. I mean and then she says like your father left because of you I mean that's like that's like the the bad parent like hat trick I mean oh yeah she it, you just can't say these things to a kid it was just so mean so it's no wonder that she kind of manifested this Fred character I mean she's just lashing out i mean her mom is really mean people are like oh she's trying to like help her and you know her mom is the victim i was like what movie are you watching because there's it's peppered throughout the movie it's not like she starts off really bitchy and then kind of like becomes more sympathetic towards the end like she just she's saying these like intermittently throughout the movie i'm just like wow well i understand why you would create this you know friend and to get away from that abuse. Well, her her mom uses like to to make the claims like oh her mom's helping her is like no her mom uses her resources to control her. Like here all all this is another thing I gotta I gotta pay for this I gotta you know I gotta do this for you. It's like those aren't like they're not gifts. They're not, it's not like hey let me help you on your feet. Oh hey things are going. Yeah. It's like no here's another thing you owe you owe me for. So it's it's not like because the um. One one of the I mean and I liked I did like at the end when you know her mom's like huh but I'd be lonely yeah like you you get it's it's not because you don't give her sympathy you but you understand it's like okay you're supposed to pity her all yeah it's like it's it's like oh oh, that's that was the whole thing it's like you you it's it's all about you the whole time it was all about you everything was was about her. And, mm-hmm. and she, she does all these things. One of, cause one of the things that I, that I noticed and it just, I just happened to like, cause they would, they would do these flashbacks. So when, cause it was really weird to me when Lizzie comes back home and she sends, you know, mom sends her upstairs. All right. She's going, she walks into her room and I just happened to notice like, this is a really, really, really pink room for an adult. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. I, that that was bizarre like and i know that's like i noticed that in a lot of at least in movies and and, and tv shows some like when a, a an adult goes back to their house they grew up in yeah their parent keeps it like you know 
preserved, I guess, is the only way I could put but it. But the like the the thing the thing about that that's weird is when you think about it, it's like, okay, when you would have left the house, you would have left the house as a teenage as a, you know, late teenager, early twenties. You yeah. know, yeah. it's like your room. And she's supposed to be like thirty in this movie, right? Yeah, so that movie was kept that or that room was kept that way for what 13, 14, or 10, 11, 12 yeah. years. I don't and, know. Well, and because the, the the thing that I found interesting is when you watch, there's one or two flashbacks. I, I noted specifically, uh, I think, and uh, when Fred when they do the burglar stuff. When you go to Lizzie's room as a little girl in the flashbacks. It's yep. not the same room. The wallpapers, oh. the wallpaper is not as deep pink. There's, there's oh, different. So you're saying she decorated it it's, that way? It's one of those, like it was one of those, like okay, whatever the intention was here. It's like because it, it struck me at first because I, I see her going to this room and I'm like, okay. In my mind, I'm thinking when she left this house, she would have been a young adult. So either as either this room got transformed back to how it was when she was a little girl. So mm-hmm. that would be weird enough to be like, I'm going to go in and remodel your room to be like a little kid's room. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. As like, or like the other, the alternative is as she grew up and got older, her mom never let her actually grow up and get older and decorate her own room. Like her mom controlled right. to the point where it's like, okay, you're a 20 something year old and you're leaving the house, you know, or you're 18, you're going to go off to college and, you know, go start your own life. But your room is still, it looks like a six-year-old lives here, you know, so it's... Yeah, that's that's all part of the control aspect yeah. you were talking about, you know, like, I'm just going to force you to be a kid. But at the same time, it's like mixed messages because she's really determined to get her back with yeah. Charles. Like, it's important to her, you know, like, gives her the makeover, which could be just another way to control her. Who knows? Because she kind of makes her look more like her. Yeah, in that whole you know, makeover. She, she kind of had that little girl appearance, like, from her clothes yeah. to her hair. It was, like, the same hairdo that she had, like, when she was five in, in the flashback scenes. So, but I, you, you mentioned that burglar scene, too. Like, there's a really weird... I feel like, again, there's a, there's got to be another cut of this movie that's a little darker because... You you see Nigel leave the house, but like it's like he's dead. Yeah, you know he's nowhere to be seen. You know, like especially like Lizzie's having these marital issues. Like she doesn't call him up. No, um, it's played like he's dead. And I thought in my mind I remembered because you know like it's setting up that scene with the police coming. Yeah, and you know like they're you know, the police officer that goes in and then he and the police officer kind of wrestle at the top of the stairs and then they kind of clump, they fall down the stairs and you hear the gunshot. Yeah. And like, you know, Lindsay's, Lizzie's mom comes out and she's like, Nigel, don't die, which is a weird thing to say. That's a very weird thing to say. Yeah. It reminded me of that part of Anchorman 2, you know, where Ron is like ice skating, playing the jazz flute. Yeah. And he trips and falls. And the one woman just like goes, don't you die in front of me, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and she couldn't handle that prospect. <laughs> Nigel, don't die. It was really weird. But he's, you see, he's fine. He doesn't, that doesn't kill him, which is like really weird. It's a odd choice editing. I feel like. Well, and it like in that whole scene, like even up, even up through the end of it, um, there's, there's no question about where is Lizzie. 
Like you know, oh I know. Throughout the yeah. whole, I mean, their parents, right? If, Both of them. <laughs> if they're thinking that there's an actual burglary happening, no one goes to check. I mean, even after the police are there, that would be my first. I would run yeah. to like my kid's bedroom. You know, <laughs> like, priority number one. Was like, with, that was, with no regard to my own health or safety. That's yeah. where I'm going. <laughs> and it's like even after the police are there, and like she's like, she, you know, they're 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 pulling him out of the house, and you know she's. She's, you know, chasing ass. Oh, call our lawyer. Like, you know, yeah. even because even the police, like when when Lizzie's trying to like, I dropped it for a, a, a right. Drop. Nobody. Like, pay, no yeah. one even Nobody notices stops. Her. Like there's a child outside of a house of a of a call. We just yeah, got, I'm like of uh, a burglar. Nobody thinks to like stop and like ask this child where her parents are. Are you OK? You know, yeah. drop dead Fred. I don't like, know. This is completely ignore her. It's yeah. It's by the way, that little child actress. I want to just say like she is. She was a real joy to watch. Like she was she's such great. a cute, great little actress. I really enjoyed her in this movie. I had. Like, I feel like she had range that a lot of five year olds. Oh yeah. didn't have, and because of like her, you know, like scenes where you know she's like, genuinely upset sad and you know reacting to the way her parents are talking to her well, her mom specifically how horribly she's being treated you know just really humanized that character and kind of reminded me of my own five-year-old daughter who is also kind of a handful and I, I just my heart went out to her especially when you know the mom was taking Fred away that in that one scene yeah and she's just crying and begging and pleading not to take him away and you know, like she she goes in and cleans up the cornflake mess, like you know, is like her like little way of dealing with what's happening. Yeah, it, I mean, really, my hats off to that little actress. I mean, she's really good. She, uh, I, not too long ago, was going through uh, the late '90s, early 2000 NBC uh, drama, The Pretender, uh, with Michael T. Weiss, Andrea Parker. Um, and that uh, little girl played um, young Miss Parker in the in some of the flashback scenes because I was trying to think, it's like, where do I know her from? And then it's like, mm. oh, that's right, she played Miss Parker. Oh, she's such a cute. And I was little like, face. She, I mean, she really, she really is. I mean, you know, it's one of I. She's she uh, now she primarily does voice work and a lot of stuff. Okay, I mean, she's. I'm glad she's. Yeah, she's still know, doing stuff. Still, she it's almost yeah. exclusively voice work, and she's. I mean, it's. From what I was looking, I was like, seems like she must be good because she's getting a lot of it. Good. Um, yeah, I liked her. I thought she was really, really good. In yeah, because I mean, you you don't. I mean, you don't get. I mean, back in the '90s, you had. It seemed like there were. I mean, a handful of kids that you would see in different places that were. I mean, really competent. And it's like for her to have not been oh, well, in like more Fred stuff. Savage, like we were yeah. just talking about in the last show. I mean, really competent child. Exactly. Actor. But she's. I mean, it's one of those like I'm. I'm genuinely surprised I did not see her more. Because mm -hmm. she was, I mean, she's a cute kid, and she, I mean, really was, I mean, good at what she was doing. I mean, like you, she carried the emotional scenes really yeah. well it's for like a child for a, actor. For a little kid, it's like, oh wow. I mean, you really nailed. I mean, the sadness here in the scene. They're like, oh wow, this is yeah, pretty legit. One of her scenes, <laughs> you know, I keep bringing up like there's a different cut of this movie. The part where she was remembering. Um, or not remember? No, she 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 was in her room as an adult, her child bedroom, and she she found the Jack in the Box. Yeah, the way that they 
played that like I felt like I was watching like a James Wan conjuring movie there. It was like a, a little creepy, yeah. It was really creepy the way the sh- the way they were pulling in tight on her face and they had the like eerie music yeah. and like the jack in the box going on its own. Tonally the movies are got some weird like jumps around. There yeah, there's but, there's some there's some stuff here where it's like and I think Beetlejuice is a really apt comparison just because it's yeah. some of some of those like psychological hard edges where you're like, the, the, you know, it seems like they tried to soften them a little bit in this more than like a mm-hmm. Tim Burton would. But it's like I could see why they would have wanted a Tim Burton for a movie like this and how he yeah. really could have, you know, taken it and made his own because there's some serious you know, like because one of the first things that I noted is in the opening of the film. I mean, because she, she does dress, I mean, for. It's not like she's dressed like a little kid, but like the kind of clothes she yeah. wears are not the kind of clothes even 1981 you would assume like a a regular adult woman would be wearing. They seem right. very little kid-ish. Like if you took little kids very clothes. Very conservative, yeah. like a little, yeah. Um, like Well, like a mother would tell a little kid to dress, yeah. you know. Um, but one of the things that, I, that seemed kind of interesting to me just because I was, it just kind of hit me the way that it did is when you and especially kind of going back to to your credit what you were saying you know how many um how many women your age were oh i love this movie how many you know how many females really identified with this movie it was really mm-hmm. interesting to me because i'm watching this and i'm sitting there thinking to myself like there's such an inverse in the reaction to how all this stuff happens like uh it made me think of falling down like you know when you have this <laughs> succession of mentally challenging you know um failures or just things that has like okay she um you know she's in in the she's trying to patch things up with charles on her lunch break and that goes south and then yeah. her car gets stolen, and then she loses her job. <laughs> what was up with that neighborhood, dude? She I was gets like, out to make a phone call. Like, the first guy that walks by in this neighborhood just, like, breaks her window. Yeah, I'm like, uh, why is your car parked <laughs> across the street and your purse is still yeah. in it, sitting in the front seat? There was no traffic on that road. Like, uh... This, but like the dude smashes a window yeah. and grabs her purse, and like the next fucking guy that like, walks up, hey, free car! Steals. <laughs> like, what in the like what neighborhood in Minneapolis? Like, is this? this is rough, man. Like what? Yeah, was, but you're right. It's a good. It's a good analogy with the falling down because that's how the movie sets her up. Like she kind of has to have that break. But she she internalizes. That's that's what I thought was really interesting. Is like typically if you had you know a a similar succession of ideas or events that would happen to a male character, it would be more explosive outward. There would be more of this. You know, let me get my gun. Yeah, I'm gonna. I snapped. I'm losing it. I'm I'm going nuts. (laughs) But it's like it's the same kind of effect. It was just interesting to see how it was played from a female perspective is she internalized. I mean, she kind of emotionally shut down. She's like, yes, mother, you know, just like she gave up her was like as things. Well, the only I can't, you know, I can't do this on my own. I need my mom. And uh, yeah, if this movie was starring Liam Neeson, it would have been a totally different. Oh, yeah. He would have (laughs) just he would have tracked down the guy that smashed the window and he would have, you know, sawed him in half. And then he right. would have tracked down the guy that stole the car, and he would have set him on fire out of a window a or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, they would have paid for all of their sins. Oh yes, I'll kill all of you. You know, she's like, oh, <laughs> crap! I gotta go live with my mom. 
<laughs> it's like I need my imaginary no, friend, and they, no. I'll fix a. No, like I don't want to see that movie where Liam Neeson has to live with his mom. That I would, I would love it. Let's swap I out wish Liam Neeson the mom for from the Phoebe Goonies Cates. Was still alive, so they can make that movie. That would with be her. so great. <laughs> oh damn it! Oh, why do I always think of so many good ideas that can't? Oh. He's just gotten out of the action roles, too. Like, oh, no. He's done. <laughs> they can get him back for one more. Can we, tr- one more. Can we pull you back in one more time, Liam? Just one more. We got a really <laughs> solid idea here. We do. Drop we Dead do. Fred, too. Oh, shit. The- By the way, uh, Jim Carrey was attached to being Drop Dead Fred, too, before it got dropped, before they decided not to make it. Yeah, that's, that is very correct. <laughs> can you imagine? This that- is like... Living color era Jim Carrey, I guess. Rubber face. Yeah. Speaking of rubber face, like I really appreciate the practical yes. effects of the movie. They were great. Um, they 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 were they were really cool. Like you know you had Fred getting his head stuck in the refrigerator door. You know that whole rubber face scene. Yes. that was great. Um, uh, was there was some other stuff too, right? I mean, yeah, there were there were. That. I mean, you know, the even I mean, even the digital effects of when she would sneeze and he would bounce around. For yeah, for, I, I I was very forgiving because it was like for ninety one, it's like this is not bad. Yeah, you could tell they just kind of green screened it yeah. and then com- like composited over top. Like it wasn't CG. There was no yeah. They didn't quite try and do it that route. They did. They you know they did what they could in ninety one. Yeah, it's forgivable. It was okay. I, I did. It wasn't that bad. The other thing that I did really appreciate is I, I appreciated the uh, Fred wardrobe. Like they had oh, I him. I love the look of Fred. They had him I in love the several because like, they kept the color scheme, which was which I really liked because it was, it, you know, you kind of have Lizzie, you know, in these kind of like very, you know, just muted. drab, yeah, muted yeah. kind of tones. But he's right. this, you know, he's got a big personality. He's got a you know right. bright wardrobe and everything about him just like stands Greens out. Greens and like, yeah. yeah, green jacket, green pants, red hair. Yeah, and you got, I mean, you had the pirate costume, and you had when he was dressed up in the <laughs> yeah, fancy tuxedo. Fun. And I was very, very dumb and dumber ass. Yes, right? I yes. just kept thinking of that scene. Which, you know, this came first, so yes. Dumb and Dumber stole they the idea. stole it from Fred. <laughs> but I was like, I, that was one of those things like, you know, I got to I gotta give uh, kudos to, you know, to that, that department because between the special effects, the practical special effects that they had, mm-hmm. and, and the wardrobe and some of those, I was like, okay, yeah. these are some of those things that, you know, you, you don't necessarily pay as close attention to a lot of times. But when they, like, when you stop and think like, if you know even just to change things a little bit I, I like it would like if if her wardrobe had been more vibrant he's his would not have popped as much and if he had been right. a different color scheme how would that have changed you know some of the tones and how some of the different things so it was it was like okay i really appreciated it was thoughtful yeah yeah it was like for sure because it is like when you're paying attention to stuff like that and you're like you know what this is not something that a lot of people are going to notice but it really does add, you know, just that, I mean, all of those things combined, it's like it takes, you know, if, if the, the base enjoyment you get just from the script and the acting is 80%, you know, you start adding things like, oh, the music adds a little bit more, you know, the, the, uh, 
where the, the the filming locations, you know, that they did film in a Minneapolis versus a Chicago or a New York or a San right. Francisco. You're like, you get that any town kind of feels like, oh, that's nice. Wardrobe. You get all those little things. It's like that really does kind of add up to this makes this movie more enjoyable. And I didn't even realize it. <clears throat> I guess one of the Charlie is sort of like the driving force of the movie for the most part. Yeah. I just didn't. If there's one thing about the movie that just didn't work for me, it's that, like, why, how, so Phoebe Cates, pretty young in this movie, looks young, and Tim Matheson, I mean, I don't, I don't know how old he is in this movie, you could probably figure it out pretty quickly, but I'm guessing he's 40 He seems it, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's like a, he, he he's a, a, a salesperson on the floor of, like, a high-end, via, like, Jaguars. Yeah, he Jaguar. Jaguars. Um He's just a sleaze ball, you know. Like the movie starts, they're separated. I guess they were married. They're they're still married. I I, I guess. Uh, you know, she's trying. She she kind of shows up at the uh, dealership and is wanting to talk about things. And he's already like just convincing her that like you know it's a good thing that she caught them. You know. Yeah, he's he, totally gaslighting you know, her. Oh oh yeah, he is gaslighting the fuck out of her. And it's just, it's so mean, you know, like, he's just the way he talked to her. He's like, he's, it's a ballsy son of a bitch. You know, he was like, frankly admits to like, not, not just wanting to bone Annabella, but like needing to bone. Yeah. Her. Like, it's it, like, this is real. who are you? And how do you think like, that this is just going to work? I didn't want to. I just had to. <laughs> I'm like, what? It, it, in what universe is this line going to actually right. pay and off? Like, and they kind of tiptoe like at one point, like, you know, she, she she's talking to Fred at one point in the movie and she's like, the thing that she wants the most is to get back with him. And Fred, you know, he just, he's like, why? And, you know, she's like, because he makes me feel like, I mean, it was like the paper, like veneer, thinnest veneer of like a reason to stick with somebody. Yeah. You know, he, he takes me to fancy dinners and makes me feel good. I'm like, ooh, man, that is not a good relationship. It's like, uh, yeah, no. There's that's... no reason. You know, like, we don't see them having a good relationship and then getting to the point. Well, you know what I mean? Like, there's another whole part of this movie. I want to see why she would even care to be with him. You yeah, know, like, so how weird. did this start? Like, uh, I, she's... I guess it's just meant to see be seen as, like, an extension of her mother, you know, yeah. someone that's controlling, um, takes care of her. Somebody that can manipulate you know, her and, you know, yeah, get like their way. Yeah, father figure almost. I mean, yeah. I guess it makes sense in, in some ways. But I just, the whole Tim Matheson thing just really didn't click, didn't vibe for me at all. Like, I didn't like that he was... I just so many other people I would have just rather seen just an unknown if anything like just to get Otter from Animal House yeah you know and he I mean it's so weird he and like because the the couple of times there's like yeah he really was just like you know you get that opening where um you the woman you know comes into the Jaguars like she's trying to he's like I'd like to test drive this and he's just like okay we're not test driving he's like he's schmoozing with her and then she pulls up next to him he's like and I can't uh, not right now I'm doing, I'm working, um, we're doing, I was like, oh, so weird shit bag. Like what, you know, and I, it is, I, I looked up, she was, she was 28 when, uh, she was born in 1963. So when this movie came out she was 28 years old and mm. he was 44. Um, so they're, okay. I mean, yeah, 16 year age gap. 
So that's what I would look like dating a 28-year-old. That's how ridiculous it would look. Okay. Well, and it's <laughs> and I don't even have that generic handsomeness that he has. <laughs> it's it's funny too cuz like really thinking about it, it's like um, you know, we, we, you know, we joke about, uh, fast times at Ridgemont high, but it's like, that really is where, you know, Phoebe Cates kind of made a name for herself and where a lot of people right. do know her from. And I was like, right. I know she was, you know, she, she was 63 and that was 82. So she was 19. So she, I mean, she was very young when she did that. It was like, it yeah. seemed like she, I mean, you know, to compare to Katie Holmes, I mean, at 28, Katie Holmes, I mean, she was still that girl next door, but like, I feel like she was still kind of cashing in on like, I'm you know, young, I'm attractive. I'm, you yeah. know, and it's like, Oh, she's, she's, you know, she looks very young, very, very young in this. Movie. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got uh, Phoebe Cates in this, in this whole movie. And at no point, I mean, it's like, it doesn't totally fit the, you know, the vernacular of the film, but it's like, at no point is it like, it's kind of one of those things is like, I know Phoebe Cates wasn't the original. I mean, I, they actually did want uh, Winona Ryder. She just didn't want to. Oh, okay. Yeah, she didn't want to be typecast. Well, that that would have gone with the Tim Burton thing yeah. too, it, right? It, so, she yeah. would have totally fit in this movie, but she didn't want to get typecast into, you know, like a Lydia Dietz kind of, you know, uh, uh, role. Yeah, um, that's all I do. Yeah. but well, she, she's, Which is wise because she, she walked yeah. that line pretty dangerously. Yeah. <laughs> People still kind of think of her as that person. But it is. It was one of those things. Where it was like the the fact that you got Phoebe Cates, and you got like no mileage out of the fact that she is young and attractive. Like because it, mm-hmm. it is. It's one of those things. Like okay, you know, if you take Phoebe Cates to the mall and give her an actual makeover, then Tim Matheson doesn't have a shot with her. Yeah, yeah. Because well, even the part where she does get the makeover and shows up at the party, yeah, kind of like like notices her yeah not not like looking like a little i mean like because even when they kind of get intimate at one point in the movie and like fred's like what does that taste like yeah does the like thing like they're they're getting ready to like be real intimate there but you it's almost kind of gross yeah (laughs) it it does it doesn't so childlike yeah it's like this doesn't i mean i feel like i shouldn't be watching this this. is not sexy yeah and it's like (laughs) uh, there was but she can be because like she looked really mature oh yeah adult. when she put on the purple dress and she shows up to the fancy yeah. party she's right. there with uh, right. bridget fonda it's like okay yeah she's that's the only time in the movie where you get like oh she can be a woman not like a, a right. tall child but even then like she's less she's she's like a woman in her mother's image like, yeah she can be even hotter you know yeah it's like uh this still feels forced like if you just let her be right. phoebe cates Right. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you're right. It's Tim Matheson wouldn't stand a chance. Oh, yeah. If they let Phoebe Cates be Phoebe Cates. So is it there? I, th- I think some of those, some of those, those are the kinds of things that I think make the movie feel a lot clunkier because it's like, okay, that your casting is, I mean, is weird here. Knowing all of these misses and could have been yeah. makes me really not like the movie as much <laughs> i gotta say I'm, I'm afraid well i think because now i just want to see the movie with robin williams yeah. and winona ryder and you know tim burton even like i want to now i want to you see get a movie. way different movie with that cast you do, you I, do. I, but you know whatever <laughs> this is the one we got this is the one we got and it's it's it i i to answer the question like i feel like it holds up i i do too um i i didn't have a tremendous amount of nostalgia for the movie. Uh, I I saw it a few times originally, and I did go see it in theaters. And then, then I was just like, you know, yeah, okay, 
it's fine. I, I, you know, not upset that I saw this. I mean, just about any movie at that age is just fun because you're seeing a movie. Yeah. Um, but the some of the more adult themes did strike a chord with me a bit. I mean, I still can't get over some of the parts that we, you know, we talked about. Yeah. But you know, I, I feel like the movie. There's more to this the, to the of the movie than just the surface farts and pujos poo yeah. and you know like there's a little bit more there and being that it probably was forced to be a PG-13 movie uh, I, I feel like th- didn't this movie get like nobody wanted to make this movie like, yeah they they had a hard time shopping around released it it took right, them, yeah. it took a while to get some financing for it New Line just kind of took it in the end yeah but, um at I feel like this probably was a much different movie and it got Warner brothers to death, yeah. you know, like, and we got what we got. Yeah. But cause when, maybe when, I'm just giving it too much credit. Maybe not. Well, maybe this I mean, is when you, what they wanted it to be and if that's what we got, when you look at people liked it enough, <laughs> when you, when you look at the people that we ended up having involved with it um, and the fact that it was like, okay, we started with, these are the people that we'd like. I mean, it was like, even like from a style, it was like, okay, we'd like Tim Burton directing. We'd like these people acting. We yeah. want this to happen. We want that to happen. Here's this, as like little by little, that kind of got chipped away to where it's like, okay, you started with what could have been like a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And just be, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I think in, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna credit anybody with a really fan, I mean, the, I think the, I mean, Clearly, the best performance in the entire movie is Rick Mail. Oh yeah, and, he's great. I mean, uh, even if you, I mean, even if you don't like the poo jokes and you you dismiss it as infantile humor, I mean, you have to admit he's really he's he's working his ass off. Oh, I I mean the the and he's charming in it. The, I, there were a number of times where I'm watching this and I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, how many times did they have to do this scene? Because Rick Mayall in your face saying this or doing that would have just made you absolutely lose it. I mean, just like every single time where he's like, you know, when they're when he's um, when Phoebe Cates there, she's having lunch with uh, with Mickey Bunce, and she's like, he's grabbing her hand and making her yeah. throw stuff, and Mickey's right. just like, why did Has you do that? Pretend like he doesn't see her. Yeah, yeah right. it's like, no, why did you do that? <laughs> the, and then I like how they played that, but then they made him seem so needy and weird too. At the same time, they they did kind of like like he started out like He's like I love the way you sink boats. Yeah, and I'm he like, like shows up at her window at that one point, like in the movie where she escapes her mother with Nurse Ratchet, which was another weird. Choice oh yeah, I'm like to hire this nurse to like lock her away. There's there's <laughs> elements here that are a little bit sinister that I. <laughs> think if we pay attention to that we're all going to feel yes. really uncomfortable but like yeah. even, even the mickey buns thing it is like on like you you feel like you kind of shot you overshot endearing and now you're in yeah. kind of like uh, it makes you worry for his daughter yeah you're like <laughs> what is going on? like this guy seems like he might not be okay He's a little unstable. Yeah, I like, think he might have. Like, no, no. he might have kidnapped that kid. I want to do this too. I'm going to throw spaghetti in a in a fancy restaurant because you did, crazy lady. It's like th- I'm going to do it so that you know that I like you. It's like, yeah, but she's yeah. crazy. I mean, she's yeah seeing things. And you have a responsibility. To you got your a kid. kid, man. Like you, <laughs> what? 
So I was like, yeah. I'm I'm right there with you, man. That was weird. Another weird, weird choice. I mean, it's it's zany and silly for the movie. Yeah, it plays Just okay take it for that. It's like it plays fine in this movie, I guess. It's I think it's one of those where it's like, if you stand like 15 feet away from the screen. And things are just blurry enough to where you're like, okay, this is really funny. But if you move up like five feet and you're ten feet away from the screen, you're like, <laughs> it start really wait start to analyze it. a minute. Wait, you start focusing on the details. This doesn't totally feel right. So it's like if you don't pick it apart too much, every I mean, it plays. I mean, like you know, nothing seems too out of sort. Nothing seems too, you know. It's like there's weird stuff, but it's like okay, you got an imaginary friend who's. You know, making this 30, 30 year old or twenty eight year old woman's life, you know, a, a hectic nightmare because he's a, ch- a child's imaginary friend, and so ha ha ha, yeah. all this crazy stuff happens. She's trying to get back with her, with her, her fian- her husband, whatever he is. Her mom's controlling. Her best friend right. is just weird herself, Ena- enabling her. Yeah, it's of. like, oh hey, no, I'm so happy you sunk my house. Because look at this, look at how much it was worth. It's like, how did you not? Like, I don't know how she held it together. Like she's going along, like the whole scene where she's choking. Yeah, her, she she's just, you know what I mean. The the part I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, when totally. She shows up. She shows up at her work to tell her that her home is sunk, and she's playing along like she's not a crazy person. Yeah. Like, it's really weird. Again, it's it's <laughs> when I was like, if I played that out, it was like if I just delivered the news to you, it's like, hey, um. I, I accidentally burned your house Get down. Get the fuck out of my um, like, But it was because of my imaginary friend. And and then you're like, but wait, is your imaginary friend here now? It's like, oh, yeah, he's in that room where you were just, he's yeah. in that meeting that you were just yeah. in. Yeah, he's in your seat. He's he's Ugh. sitting in your seat. It's like, it oh. plays like a horror movie like, a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to, oh, okay. It's like, oh, is he here right now? It's like, and, and she doesn't what? stop her. Like it's not like no no no. He's standing right next to me. He's not in the chair anymore. Right. She's no, like no. She why do you? It, which is kind of weird. Why don't you have a breakdown here too? We can both go to the mental institution together. That's true. I was like, that's uh, true. Crazy likes company. That's like, that's absolutely okay. true. So it is. It's like uh, if you if if you get a little too close and you start to analyze stuff, it's like. And we, you know, that's not the point. I mean, yeah. we don't. That's not what we do. We yeah, just, we're we're both very much like a. You know, did 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 it? Was it entertaining? Was it fun? Yes. Yeah. Was it fun? Was it entertaining? If so, then recommend this yeah. movie. That's basically it. Like, don't don't hand out caveats. Yeah. It's like, no. And that's what this. I feel like that's the way this movie should be judged. If you turn this movie on, you will laugh. You will enjoy it. When it's over, yeah, you'll be fine. Right. That's cool, man. Yeah, I, I dig that. And I guess, you know, really, is there anything else to say? That's about? it. That's Drop Dead Fred. I think we've covered all yeah. the bases. I think so, too. I think so, too. If you were to rate this film on our usual grade scale, what would you give it now? Um, I think I would, just right off the top of my head, I'm teetering between a C plus, B minus. Um, I w- I would, I'd go B minus. I would feel comfortable okay. going B minus. I, I mean, B minus is pretty respectable. Yeah, it's yeah. like I mean, it's, uh, it, it did it hit a lot of those fun notes from. I mean, I remember when I was watching it as, as a kid, so I, I got that out of it, which was fun. Right. <clears throat> Rick, I mean, there were I mean there were a number of times where I was li- I was laughing out loud because Rick Mayall was just cracking me up when I was when I'm paying attention and and, and you know to to a degree even if I start even when I do start picking some of the stuff apart, like I. 
I, whether, like I said earlier, whether it was intentional or accidental, some of the layers that they have in the movie are interesting to discuss. I mean, when you start talking about yeah. like, okay, you know, the, the relationship she has with her mom and how that, you know, the lack of relationship she has with her dad, how that plays out in drop dead Fred, how that plays out in Charles, you know, how, how do all these things impact her? The fact that she's a woman, um, and all of these bad things happen to her and she internalizes it versus if this was a male role, he would externalize in my opinion, you know? And so yeah. just, there's it's a fun discussion. Yeah. There's, and I was really, I was telling you, I was like, I'm looking forward to talking yeah. about this movie. There's, there's a, um, I, there's a lot more to it. I think that I, that that's where to me, it bumps it up from the C C plus to, uh, to the B minus. Cause I'm like, eh, I think it is a good movie. I would recommend it. See, for me, I'm going C plus. That's fair. Um, and it's 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 wild too. I don't I don't I, I give it a C plus as as young uh, as a like young teenager. As I said when I saw it, like I might have been. I guess I was like thirteen. I give it a C plus then because when I saw it, I I enjoyed it. I laughed at the cartoony parts. Um, you know, Fred's cartoonized bugging out, and going no panties. You know, like that kind <laughs> cobwebs. of cobwebs. Like it cobwebs. Yeah, <laughs> too much to the delight of Lizzie. I give it a C plus, you know, when I walked away from that movie, like I didn't, I wasn't jazzed. I was feeling a slightly apologetic towards my brother. So, you know, I had that C plus experience <laughs> yeah. at the time. And then as an adult looking for nostalgia, cause I mean, that's mainly what I'm mostly about. Oh, yeah. nowadays. I'm looking for that nostalgia. I don't get a lot of it. So I'm not quite enjoying it as much. Yeah. I'm not laughing out quite as hard. Uh, but because of what you said, you know, like I have all these really interesting thought-provoking, you know, discussions that we're having here because of this movie, like for everything that you, you'd already just said a minute ago, because of that, I, I give it a C plus, like I'm not getting the nostalgia and I'm not, as far as just like a goofy romp, I'm not getting as much out of it, Yeah, but it's an interesting movie to think about. Oh so yeah. I gotta get, it bumps up. So like, I'm thinking like a, a C plus, but for a different reason and not a lot of movies work that way for me no so i give it some credit there i mean the movie is worthwhile and i and I'm, I, I enjoyed my time with it so i it's I'm, a good pick. I'm glad I, I liked uh because i hadn't gotten that far into digging outside of the film itself the uh you know it, it's funny because like at first you know you hear like people are comparing it to fight club and my knee-jerk yeah. reaction is like that's ridiculous yeah, but then like I start thinking, about it, I was like, eh, yeah, the Tyler Durden, like, not oh, as ridiculous yeah. as it seems. No, actually. it really is. So it, it is not I like a lot that. of movies ha- elicit that type of thought. You yeah, know? like that kind. Of, like the movie has its defenders, and you know they they say things like that, and you're just like, well, you know, you like you said, you wanted initially, you just wanted to dismiss it, but then you, if you you think about it and you you give a little time to marinate, you're like, wait a minute, yeah. Yeah, now I want to rewatch this movie and see if that Tyler Durden Fight Club lot like you know works. Like, does it does it fit? Because does it play? the the only The only thing I think you're missing from this that you get in Fight Club is when um, uh, when Ed Norton has the the actual revelation that he is Tyler Durden. Spoiler, right? Um, right there you get that montage of scenes where he's the one yeah. going to all those places. I was like, yeah, you get the sixth sense. Yeah. So it's montage like, reveals. If, yeah. If you had something similar to where it's like, if there was this litany of all these events for Lizzie 
And it's like she goes back and has this actual revelation. It's like there never was a Fred. This was all me. That's yeah, the only as an isn't. adult that would have bumped up the grade. Oh yeah, in twenty twenty one to a B yeah. plus. But as a kid, it would have been like an F. Yeah, because it would have been too. Oh deep yeah, for my younger brain to like accept, and I would have just been like, "This movie's weird." I thought it was a kid movie, quote unquote kid movie. Like it's not. They lied to me. <laughs> we should totally reboot this movie as that. We could. We could totally do it. We'll we'll get on the phone. Yeah. Or you know, again, call us. Call us on the hotline. I'm gonna call New Line tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, call New Line. I miss. I really miss that New Line cinema intro. Oh, it, so it good. So good. It's one of the best Ninja Turtles out there. Elf. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. By the way, that one scene you were talking about, where she's realizing, like she's she's. Uh, you know, rescuing her inner child or whatever that whole scene. Yeah. Did that not feel like a nightmare on Elm Street? It, oh, very scene? much. Yeah. Very. It, Holy yeah. crap. I mean, I thought I was watching like nightmare on Elm Street. Very like, nightmare dream sequence time. kind of. Yeah. Extremely, extremely, which was a new line yeah. deal. So makes you wonder like if that was a note of theirs. Well, yeah. yeah. Cause what's his face? This is what we do really well. This is new line. This is the house that, Freddy Oh yeah. Built, the, guy that, uh, the, house that, the guy that, the guy that runs new line had his hand in every Freddy movie. So I could very yeah. easily see that being some notes from the studio saying, uh, oh, do it this way. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like, fine, whatever. Fine. I mean, it's, we're, it's not gonna get made if I don't. Yeah. All right. Well, that that I guess I guess that wraps it up for us. Um, next month we will be going into. We're just gonna go straight into a new theme. Uh, we're gonna do Rad Dads. Yeah, which yeah. I'm really looking forward to. That's like, you know, we have roots with Rad Dads. We totally do. And. Uh, I um I went ahead and the, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna pick the first movie. So I'm gonna do the I think it's 1988. Uh, the Corys, the two Corys, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, licensed to drive. Love it. I really want to talk about Richard Mauser's character. I I really liked him as a dad. He's not the focal point of the movie necessarily, but you know. He, he, I feel like he was a really awesome dad in that movie. And, you know, to give me a chance to talk about License to Drive, that's one of my, like, all-time, like, guilty oh, pleasure yeah. type flicks, a movie that I've seen a whole bunch of times. And, uh, you know, it, it again, it's the nostalgia thing. I'm going to have lots of nostalgia for that. You got Heather Graham in there, very young. Um, just, just a fun, fun movie. And that's going to be the kicking off Rad Dad Month. So, ah, thanks for joining us. I've been one of your hosts, the host of the Left Ron Avis. And I've been Adam Peterson. And we'll see you next time. Sorry about that delay, folks. <laughs> I'm not. Bye. <laughs>